If you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 10, and we're going to be in verses 9 and 10. And Brad, can I just say that you guys are a blessing? I mean, I haven't been down here. I haven't been up here in three weeks. And so, you know, when you're listening to videos and, and children singing, that's a blessing too. But I get, when the live version comes, you guys are a blessing. So thank you for that. And so if you'll turn to John chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that's where we're going to be this morning. And it's called, This Door Is. So imagine yourself following a never-ending wall, and you're on the outside of this wall, and you can hear what's going on, and you can hear happy people, and some people are laughing, and some people are shouting with joy, and all of them are just very happy. And you want more than anything to get on that other side of that wall. And so as you continue to walk down this wall, you find yourself at this door. And this door is unlocked. And all you have to do is walk through that door and you'll be in that place where all these happy people are. And the question that I have for you this morning, church, is what would you do when you reach that door? What would you do when you reach that door? Because I don't know if you've noticed, but millions and millions of people here in this community as well are searching for something. During this time, they're, they're searching for something. And I remember before I got saved that I was around Christian people and they were happy and they were excited. And all I knew is that I was miserable. And I just wanted just a little bit of what those people had. Just a little bit. And I would imagine that if I could have just a little bit of that, how different my life would be. And so I was walking down that imaginary wall, listening to those happy people, listening to their excitement, listening to their joy. And one day, I came face to face with that door. And I had a decision to make. And I could either go in and be with all those other people that I'd been searching for and wanting to be with. And I came to that door. And I came through that door. And I went through that door. And I tell you, that was the best day of my entire life. Because as I entered into that door, I was forever saved and I knew what all that excitement was about. And maybe today some of you are wondering down that wall. And you're outside of that wall and you can hear the happy voices. You can hear the joy. You can hear the excitement. And maybe before you leave this morning, you might have that opportunity to walk through that door. Because when you walk through that door, you enter into this place of happiness and you become a child of God. And so as we get into John chapter 10, it's only two verses that we're looking at. But those two verses have so much meaning and have so much meat on them that we're going to impact that this morning. Because in John chapter 10, it's one of the most 
theological chapters in the gospel, through all the commentary that I was reading through, I read that it was the most theological chapters in the gospel. But though it was often, it was, it was misunderstood. And what we see here is the Lord has entered into a, an intense period of conflict and opposition in his ministry. The enemies are analyzing every word that he says with the intention to punish him. And he repeatedly alienated the Pharisees. And yet he drew his flock closer and closer to him. And so the setting for our verses that we're going to look at is a little different from the first six verses that are in this chapter. Because in the first six verses, it, it's a village setting. And so they're, they're in courtyards and narrow streets on which they open. Here, it's more of a, of a country setting in which the shepherd is going to lead the sheep for grazing. And so we're, we're in the summer months, and we can relate to this, that the shepherd and the sheep, they might spend some time at night. And overnight, what the shepherd would do is he would, he would construct this circular enclosure with these stones. And then he would put thorns on top of the stones to keep out the wild animals. And so this enclosure that the sheep were in was a safe place for the sheep to go for the night. And it was secured by the shepherd. And what he would do is he would sleep across the entrance of where the sheep were kept. Because there was, there was no door and there was no doorkeeper. And so the shepherd would sleep there. And that's where we pick up in, in verse 9. If you would, stand as we honor God's reading this morning. Starting in verse 9. It says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. Verse 10. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Let's pray. If you would just right now say a prayer for yourself. That you would just open your heart, open your minds, and open your ears to God's word this morning. And now if you would just say a prayer for me. Dear Heavenly Father, I, I thank you that You've given us your word. Now, Lord, help me to communicate that word today. That it would be easy to understand. And then through the way I speak, Lord, that we can take something from that this morning. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Just a couple of points that I want to make this morning. The first point is, is this door is a person. This door is a person. Right here in bold language, Jesus declared himself to be the door of the sheep. And like I was talking about, this, this sheepfold is this enclosure that the shepherd is staying in front of the entrance. And there was only one opening in this wall allowing access into it 
at night. And so, like I said, when the sheep were gathered in there, they, the shepherd would lay himself in that opening and he would become the door and nothing could get in and nothing could get out without passing through the shepherd. And so, if you see what that, the very beginning of verse 9, it says, yes, I am the gate. Jesus is saying that he is that door, that no one gets into God's flock without going through him. And, and, and it reminds us that any attempt to enter in any other way marks one as a thief and a robber. And so, right there, Jesus is telling us there is only one way to the Father, and that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And in John 14, 16, he tells us right there, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. You see, salvation only comes through faith in Jesus, because baptism won't do it, church membership won't do it, religious activities won't get the job done. There's only one plan for salvation, and that is through faith in the finished work of Jesus and what he did on that cross. And so the big question that I have for you this morning is, have you ever been through that door? Have you ever been through that door? The next point that I want to make is this door is a proposal. In this statement from the lips of Jesus, we find this tremendous offer given to sinners. In other words, Jesus offers hope to everyone who is wandering in a life of sin. And while Jesus wants to save you and me, this is what's going to happen. He's not going to force himself upon you. What he's going to do is he's going to give you opportunities to come to him. And so I want to share a few things about those opportunities. Because, see, the, the scope of it is anyone, anyone can be saved. You see, salvation is not a club for the elite. But it's an offer of God to everyone. No person alive today is beyond the reach of God and being saved. Because I come in contact to a lot of people, and a lot of people tell me, well, there's no way that God can save me. Oh, yes, he can. Because God gives hope to everyone. And the Bible is very clear how much God loves all his people. Look what it says in John chapter 3, verse 16. It's the famous verse. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, and here it is, so that everyone, everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. You see, you can be saved today if you're lost in that sin. The next part of it is the scheme of it. If anyone enters, if anyone enters, you see, a door serves two purposes. And at the Galvan house, having four boys, doors are very important. They keep people out. 
when we need them to. But also, doors serve another purpose is you can go through them. And sometimes we let the boys go through some of those doors. But what it means is we have access to allow, God gives us access to allow his people in. And you see, salvation is God's gift to the fallen race, to everyone that is broken and hurting. However, before, you, before this gift can be realized, what you have to do is you have to receive it. And no one will ever be saved unless they are personally and consciously come to Jesus and receive him into their heart and into their life. The next part is the supply of it. We shall be saved. When a person comes to Jesus for salvation, they find themselves completely transformed and eternally saved, and they are instantly liberated and made new with Jesus. You see, that word liberated is a big word, and it means to set someone free from a situation, especially imprisonment, or slavery in which their liberty is severely restricted. And a lot of us have been set free from things of this world. Maybe we've gone through a serious illness and we recovered. Maybe we fought in a war and was a prisoner of war and we've been set free. Maybe we've gone through a bad storm in our life and we have been set free. And so what we find is we fight this eternal security. And what happens is God saves us. And we believe he saves us. And when he saves us, sometimes we lose. And then we say he saves us again, and then we lose. And then he saves us, and then we lose. And then he saves us. But the moment that we find salvation when we leave this world, we are eternally saved in that instance. And so we are liberated from the penalty of sin. And the penalty of sin is what Jesus did for us on that cross. I don't know if you guys remember the story of the, the prodigal son. Is that when he came home, the father went out to meet him and fell upon him. And when he fell upon him, there were several reasons why he did that. And one of the reasons why he did that is in Deuteronomy 21, in verses 18 and 21. The townspeople were instructed to stone a child who disobeyed and dishonored his parents. So when the father ran out there, he fell on his neck and he was placing himself between his son and those who wanted to kill him. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us when he died on the cross. He placed himself between us and God. Because see, we, we deserve to die for our sins. But Jesus absorbed the wrath of God 
and paid the price for us. And now we are free from the penalty of our sins. The next part is we are liberated from the power of sin. According to Romans 6.14, it says, Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. You see, Jesus breaks the power in our sin life. And after we come to know Christ, we are no longer slaves. We are made free in Jesus and are given liberty to withstand the temptation and to live for God. That's what we're here to do. Because we're liberated in the presence of sin. Because one day when we leave this world, we're forever going to be free of sin. And when we get to heaven, sin is not going to be allowed. Not only that, we're going to get new flesh. I might be skinny now. I might not have gray hair anymore. We're going to receive this new flesh, and we are no longer going to have any desire towards sin. And the last point that I want to leave you guys with is this. This door is a promise. It's a promise of a, of a pasture. And in this pasture, this is what we're going to find. We're going to find rest. We're no longer going to be searching for what we need because we're going to find it in our heart. And when we find that in our heart, we're going to find how it's going to be filled, and it's going to be in the name of Jesus. And now we're going to be able to rest in his grace, and we're going to anticipate that heavenly homecoming that we're looking for. You see, I'm resting on grace, and it was grace that sought me, and grace that bought me, and grace that will lead me home. And Jesus said this in Matthew 11, verse 28. He said, come to me, all who are weary, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Give you rest. And in this pasture, we're going to find, we're going to find refreshment. We're going to lose our appetite for other things. I've never been to Vegas, but I hear that Vegas has these buffets that are forever. And I think Jesus is going to give us everything that we need, and it's going to be like one continuous buffet. He's going to satisfy every need that I need in heaven. The last part is, in this pasture, we're going to rejoice. We're going to rejoice with the fullness of joy. And there's no worries, nothing that we're going to worry about. We're going to hear the laughter we're going to hear the joy. We're going to hear the excitement that's happening there in heaven. The last part that we're going to look at in the scripture, if you see where it says that thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. And he says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. You see that false shepherd or that thief 
seeks nothing but his own selfish interests. And he will refrain from, from nothing, even the, even the killing of those sheep to get in his way. But Jesus, on the other hand, he did not come to get, but he came to give. He came to give so that you and I might be delivered from our sin and all the evil and experience the best possible life that we could ever have. And that life is simply his life lived through us day in and day out. And it's a new and it's an eternal life lived in us for him, by him, and it's an abundant life. It's an abundant life. And as a child of God, we have eternal life right now. And how abundant that life is depends on your relationship with Jesus. So I want you to be sure that you get as close as you can to him. So you can have that fulfilling life and have that fullness of joy. I'm going to leave you with this story. It's from D.L. Moody, a great evangelist. And he tells this story of a man that who was going to get into heaven on his own. And this man did not believe in God or the love of God, but he was going to get into heaven on the account of his good deeds. And he gave a lot of money. And he thought, the more that I gave and the more that I gave, would help me get into this world that he called heaven. And one night he had a dream. And during this dream, he dreamed that he was going up on this ladder. And every time he did a good deed, he would get a little higher on this ladder. And he would continue to do good deeds, and he would get a little higher on this ladder. And in his dream, he dreamed that he died. And when he died, he thought, I'm high enough on this ladder. I know where I need to be. And then he heard this great voice. He said, he that climb up this other way, the same is a thief and a robber. And down came his ladder, and he woke up from his sleep. And when he woke up from his sleep, he thought, If I go to heaven, I must go some other way. And later that day, he went to his friends. He said, friends, there is only one way to heaven, and that is through the blood of Jesus Christ. And he told his buddies, there is no amount of work that we can do to get there. It is only through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so church, I ask you this question, where do you find yourself today? Are you on the other side of that wall, hearing the excitement, hearing the joy, hearing the laughter, and you're wandering around looking for that? If that describes you, 
Maybe you're lacking something in your life. And that lacking that you're lacking is Jesus. You know, this band comes up, we, we keep it, we keep it very simple. We talk about the ABCs. We talk about it every week. The first one is you've got to admit that you're a sinner. And sin is anything that breaks God's laws. The next part of that is you've got to believe. You've got to believe that Jesus lived this perfect life. And then he went up on that cross and he died for our sins. But the good thing is Jesus didn't stay dead because three days later he rose again. And the last part is you've got to choose to follow him. You've got to choose to make him the Lord of your life. And maybe today you're lacking that. And maybe the, today is the day that you ask Jesus into your heart. And I don't know where you stand this morning. But maybe today is the day that you start that relationship with Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you, Lord. We're thankful that you sent your son Jesus to die for us and for our sins so that we could spend life with you eternally. And Lord, this morning I ask that if there was someone in this room that doesn't know you, Lord, that they would come speak to me, to Brad, or anybody about that relationship with you. That they wouldn't be wandering outside of that wall. That they had the opportunity to step through that door this morning just like I did. Because that door is not locked. It is an open invitation for anyone. Because if you can save a wretch like me, God, you can save anyone through your amazing grace. And it's in your name we pray.